Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. If you want, Texas. I can re- recreate That's it. in the bottom of the third. The pitch, and Otani swings, and he lifts a missile out into right center. That one is out of here. Home run, Shohei Otani. That is number 40 of the season. And how about tonight on this Wednesday? It's showtime. My old friend Terry Smith used to be the voice of Ohio State football basketball, now the voice of the Angels, with Shohei Otani's 40th home run. All right, let's bring in Glenn Mack now and talk about Eagles. They got the Patriots coming up. Glenn, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, my pleasure. If I can just say, the most exciting thing in sports is the guy you just played, and it's really a shame that he plays out for the Angels and that baseball is kind of where it is right now because 25 years ago, that would have been the biggest story in the country right now, sports-wise. If he played on the East Coast, Otani, oh, gosh, yeah. every oh, yeah. single night would be showtime. Yeah, put him on the Red Sox or the Yankees, and he's the most well-known person in the country. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Eagles patch tonight. Uh, well-known to Eagles fans is Andre Dillard. There's been some talk that uh, he's on the market. It's amazing how you can go from a first-round pick to potentially being uh, the value in return of a third-day pick. Uh, What do you know about the the Dillard situation? Because it does seem like he's been beaten out at that left tackle spot. Yeah, um, you you explained it well. So there's a few things at play here. Um, The number one thing is that he hasn't been very good uh, since he he started – and they have been working Jordan Malata, who's an amazing story. You know, a kid who hadn't played football from Australia, just this physical specimen who Howie Roseman drafted in the seventh round a couple of years ago, and they nurture him and they taught him, and he looks ready. And uh, my radio partner, Ray Didger, who knows football as well as anybody, <laughs> yep. thinks that Jordan Malata could, could make a Pro Bowl this year, that he is that good. Um, and he looked great the first week. You know, they didn't keep the first unit out there for much, but he pancaked a couple guys. He just looks great. So that's that's the upside of it all, is they have somebody who really looks like a developing young left tackle. So Dillard, uh, as I said, has been a disappointment. He's now out hurt. He tweaked his knee early in training camp, and he hadn't played. And, you know, the old expression, you don't make the club in the tub. You certainly don't make the starting lineup. And yeah, I think they um, are—they're going to play Malata some more tonight. See what they see, and if they are as confident about him as they seem to be, they're going to see what they can get for Dillard. Um, his value is way down. Geez, I hope it would be a second they pick and not a third. But you're probably right; it's probably a fourth, fifth rounder. And there will be teams that need a left tackle. Uh, there will be guys hurt. 
they'll probably be able to trade him. I think one of the things the Eagles want to see tonight is whether any of the guys on the roster, whether it's Jack Driscoll or whoever, are a capable backup left tackle because you don't want to trade Dillard and then have nobody there if Malata gets hurt. But that's where it is. Also where it is, they haven't had until this week Devontae Smith for a couple of weeks. How anxious are people down there just to see him in a game, just to get a look at him? Yeah, that's number one. Listen, it's a preseason game. You know how dreary those things can be, right? There's (laughs) not a lot. Pardon me? I know. Yeah, so so there's really not much to see. Um, Earlier today, Doug... Jeez, I must call him Doug Peterson. Excuse me. Nick Sirianni suggested, I think, Devontae Smith. We expect to play him some tonight, and that's got everybody excited. Uh, listen, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's a first-round pick. What do you have, 117 catches for Alabama last year? Some amazing number like that. He is a potential great player, and everybody here wants to see him play, wants to see him catch, see him catch a pass from Jalen Hurts early on. Uh, that's, that's, that's the big story angle today. When they had the joint practices with the Patriots, what did you think of Jalen Hurts? I think he looks pretty good. Um, I'm I'm skeptical of him and was since they drafted him. I think he – here's his upside. I think he's he's got good leadership skills. I think players rally to him. That's important for a quarterback. Uh, his mobility, clearly, you have to like that. I think his arm is strong, but I – really worry about his accuracy um, and he looked very good against the Patriots. The Patriots aren't what they used to be and I don't want it to take too much out of any two days in August but I gotta tell you um, without overstating it, I am I think he's farther along and maybe more of a player now than I thought he was going to be so I'm, my, I think the arrow's up right now That's good. I mean it's good news is there yeah. anybody oh, yeah. in 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 this camp so far, Glenn, who you've looked at and said, either a veteran that there's no question looks better to you, or a guy that maybe is in that lower round third day draft area or free agent that looks like they've got a shot at making it based on what you've seen so far? Um, Zach McPherson uh, in the secondary. Well, I guess he's not that low, but I think he looks like he could be. Actually, the the story of camp right now is Quez Watkins. Uh, the other yeah. story of camp, the receiver who they drafted last year in the sixth round, I think, because I think Hightower was the fifth round. Quez Watkins was the sixth. He played a little bit toward the end of last year. He was the you know they drafted three wide receivers last year: Rager in the first, and then Hightower, and then him. So he was the one with the lowest expectations. But he caught that he, he took the pass from Flacco in the first game and busted it for a 70-yard touchdown. He's been great in camp all along. He's got amazing speed. Uh, in addition to the speed, he's just an elusive runner. And if you can get him the ball, you know they got him. Flacco caught him on that short pass and ran it the whole way. He's he's the guy who, uh, as a kind of an unknown guy, looks like he could be really exciting this year. Interesting. Uh, what have you thought of Rager so far? I know Rager made a great catch. Okay, you want to yeah, know how many great catches? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know how many great catches I've seen in my career to practice. It's been a lot. <laughs> okay, right. So, exactly. you know, so what? What do you think his progress is overall beyond the great catch? Um, started out really badly. Um, flunked the conditioning test at the beginning of training camp. Like, who does that? 
right? One <laughs> second-year wide receiver flunks the conditioning test, so that was a bad sign. But he has looked better. Um, this was a very good week for him. Uh, overall, in that two-day scrimmage against the Pats, he was, he was good. Again, don't want to make too much of it. He's got a long way to go. He was very disappointing as a first-rounder last year. He's got competition from a few guys to play. Um, so he's got a lot to prove. Again, preseason games, what do they mean? Not a lot. But if he has an exceptionally good night tonight or an exceptionally bad night tonight, I think it's going to go a long way toward deciding what Jalen Rager does this year. See, and I think Rager's important for them for this reason. I think it helps out Devontae Smith. I mean, that's where I think he plays a big role, where if he can balance it off from one side to the other, it makes the rookie's job a little easier. Yeah, no question about it. Um, and, I, and again, I think Quez Watkins is going to be part of it, but they play yep. three receivers more often than not, so that'll help. The other thing that, that with the Eagles is is clearly going to be a big thing this year. They have not yet traded Zach Ertz. Now, I still would say better than 50-50 that they do. They're holding out for something better than what they've been offered. But if he stays, uh, I think the combination of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, when you have a young quarterback, is going to be is going to be critical. Those two guys combined will catch 120 passes. I know you have to get to work. Appreciate it very much, and uh, always appreciate your analysis. I want to throw in one more thing, because uh, the name didn't come up. But uh, I do think Miles Sanders is going to play tonight. Okay, Miles okay. Sanders ha- has had a has had a poor camp. He's dropping a lot of passes, which is was a problem last year. And I want to see tonight Miles Sanders catch a couple passes and do something with him. And Miles. And, you, of course, you know how I feel about Miles. So I do. You know, <laughs> yeah, I brought it up. I know it's important. I'm glad you brought it up because, uh, you know, I'm a big Miles Sanders guy from the day you walked on this campus. Uh, and, uh, listen, he's a guy who, you know, when he first got here was terrific. Last year, nobody looked good. And so, you know, you can put it in. You can put him as part of that. But he's he's had the drop seats for a while, and he's got he's to gotta show that he can hold the ball. No question. Glenn, thank you so much. Hey, it's my pleasure. Anytime. Take care. Glenn Mack now. Well, I feel like I depressed you with that. No, I'm I'm encouraged, and he's right about Miles Sanders. He's got he's got to catch the football. I'm encouraged that. Okay, he talked about Miles Sanders dropping the ball. Rager coming in, flunking the physical. Um, Jalen Hurts not as accurate with the ball. Um, and they're trading. But he still said Jalen Hurts is further along than he thought. And that's been the storyline for everybody that's been at Eagles yes. camp so far. And exactly where's the bar? That remains to be seen. Well, I mean, the bar was pretty. I mean, I don't know if there really even was a bar, to be honest, because. We only saw four games of him last year, and we know how much of a disaster it was, so he was kind of thrown in the fire a little bit. So if there is a bar, it's probably low. But then again, it's not much of a bar because we haven't seen much of him play. So we, it's he's almost kind of restarting, if you will, I guess. 
I mean, what would Luke say about this? Sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get the lingerie also. on the deck. Call the janitor. I said, I said, Lisa, where did you get that word from? And she said, listening to Friday nights on WKOK in the fall. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul <sighs> We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on this Thursday, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Our thanks to Micah Shrewsbury and to Scott Walker in the previous half hour. This half hour, Glenn Mack, now we thank him for his time talking about the Eagles. Jerry Dulac, final half hour. King is on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah. Lot going on. And next week, our high school football roundtable for the first time. We are finally to that point with opening day for high school football eight days away. Week zero for college football is nine days away, including Nebraska taking on Illinois. Instead of playing in Dublin, they're going to play in Champaign Urbana. So let's examine that for a moment. I've been to both places Dublin, Champaign Urbana. Champaign Urbana? Dublin. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing Dublin wins this battle. By miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. But they have no choice. They can't go over there and play it right now. They can't do anything overseas, really, right now. It's just great that they're playing. Great that there's going to be fans in the stands. And looking forward to that. Penn State football camp, uh, the next four days, important days to set the foundation. They'll go tonight, tomorrow night, then Saturday, Sunday. Monday's the first day of class. So no, no, no practice on Monday. And they'll come back. You know, then they'll come back on Tuesday and start. Then they'll start getting into their advanced game prep for Wisconsin. This is the way the schedules worked out. It's the sense of normalcy means so much to the players. 
Uh, I was talking with Brenton Strange last night, and he's so excited to see fans in the stands, to see 110,000 people at Beaver Stadium. Uh, The fact that it's been a normal training camp has been really important to him. The fact that they went through spring practice, the players now appreciate spring practice more than ever because I think they now realize that by not having it last year, it set them back. The fact that they had a normal winter workout, the fact that they had a normal spring practice, the fact that they had a normal May, June, July lifting and seven-on-seven and outside workout program into a normal training camp, that sense of normalcy has meant volumes to these players. And you talk to them over and over again, it just has meant a lot that they've been able to do that. You know, and Brenton Strange was just an example of it in talking with him last night. And they're only 16 days away from the opener. 16 days. So two weeks from tomorrow, we're on a plane to Madison. I mean, think about that. That is... Uh, That's amazing. It's that close. Feels good just the thought of it. Especially looking out and seeing fans. I mean, the most fans I've seen at a game I've done in the last, let's see, how many games have I done in the past year? So I've done nine football games, 25 basketball games. That's 34. I did 31 baseball games. So I've done 65 games. The blue-white practice and the 4th of July game at Medler Field Lebrano Park, which had 7,183, and the blue-white practice at about 7,000, those are the two largest crowds I've seen now since the end of the basketball season in 2020, March 2020, which would be, what, 17, almost 18 months ago. That's the largest crowd I've seen. And the difference is, obviously, I've gone around, you know, Michigan was empty. Um, Beaver Stadium had some parents, then was empty. Went to Nebraska, it was empty. Went to Indiana, it was parents. Went to where else would we go last year? Went to Michigan empty, Nebraska empty, Indiana parents, and Rutgers. Rutgers was empty. Virginia Tech for basketball went there, and it was they had about fifteen hundred at Castle Coliseum. Um, I think they even let some uh, there were a few students that are allowed in too they were up in the corner but that's the most I've seen it's going to be incredibly refreshing to see it I, mean, I watched a little bit of the Yankees Red Sox game last night and you know to see all those fans behind home plate 
know how much they paid for those tickets. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there's some people I saw sitting in those tickets, Matt, that, in my opinion, the odds were long they could afford it. <laughs> they had to be gifted. Or know somebody or anything like that, of course. That's what I mean. They had to be gifted. Hey, you want some tickets? Yes. Um, but it was great to see. It wasn't quite a full house last night, but, boy, it looked like there were 40,000 people there last oh, night. Oh, yeah. The Yankees have had a good streak lately now of having 40,000-plus, at least at the stadium, the last, yeah. I'd say, two weeks. Well, what's really weird, now this is weird. There are many major league teams now that are starting to travel their TV and radio people again, but the Mets and Yankees are not yet. And, and ESPN's broadcast didn't last night either. Dave Fleming was in San Francisco, A-Rob was in Miami. But they uh-huh. had Marley Rivera at the stadium, but I thought they were starting to send people again too. They so. were. They were a Sunday night they have been. Right. But they were debating, and I think it's the Yankee TV crew, debating whether or not to send them over to City Field. Like, what the heck? It's, it's eight miles away. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think they all need to be back now. Don't, don't start telling me you're, you know, the, Yan- the Yankees and Mets both brag they're a gold standard. Andrew Marshan wrote a, a column today in the New York Post. You are not the gold standard until you start traveling again. You got to be the conduit with the fans. You just can't do it sitting in a room. Ah, can't. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Cure, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Sunbury Motors has them all. Great pre-owned inventory as well, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. I'm very pleased to bring in my good friend, Jerry Dulac. Jerry, welcome. Great to have you back. Steve, uh, always good chatting with you, my friend. And uh, I must tell you that I'm headed up that way tomorrow for the madness of moving in. (laughs) And as much as I love visiting the area, as you well know, as an alum, I have to be honest, I'm not looking forward to it. Well, Micah Shrewsbury had to come over, and he and uh, and Scott Walker said it took them forever to go across town today, let alone tomorrow. Well, and, and as I was telling your producer, Matt, maybe, 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 the good news is my daughter's apartment is on the edge of college on the south end there, or by South Halls, whatever, whether that's east or west, yeah. I forget. But at least it's it's not far off the highway. So hopefully we won't have to traverse too far and have to fight uh, the, the traffic on College or Beaver too much. Wow. Whew. Well, let's get at least not get looking, to the ceiling. Not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, that is not that is not a fun time. Believe me, it's and I don't. I'm not telling Jerry, it's not a fun time. Uh, I know that uh, uh, a lot of my work in terms of traveling around on Saturday is going to be done in the morning. <laughs> Simple as that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. The Steelers have the Lions coming up. I guess Ben's going to play a little bit in this game. Any? Uh, I did. Uh, 
Mike Hint at all as to a series, two, a quarter? What, what might it be? Yeah, I think you'll probably see two or three series, depending on how the series go. If for any reason it's a couple, three and outs, then you might see it before series. But I yeah. think the, what they'll look for is, the, is some continuity in one of the series. But he won't play. Um, he'll play more, probably more than a quarter. I expect a quarter and a half. Um, I really don't expect any more than four series, but that's only if the uh, two, at least two of the series, are three and out. Um, you know, the, you, you know, I, there's there's mixed opinions in terms of whether he should or shouldn't play. You know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played a preseason game since 2018. He's not going to again this year. Tom Brady actually played the opening series last week for their preseason opener. Uh, you know, and he's. He's 44. I looked it up. Manning played in his older years in the preseason. So did Drew Brees. And Ben plays one game. Um, I don't think he needs to play personally because, uh, you know, Steve, you look at last year, there was no preseason. And he's coming off major elbow surgery. And if ever there was a time you would think somebody needs to play a preseason game before the opener, that would have been it. And yet he didn't. And what happens? He comes out in the first five games. He throws 11 touchdowns and one interception. So didn't look like he needed any preseason games then. Um, but I get what they want to do here. We, uh, Steelers have a new coordinator in Met Canada. They have a new system, new terminology. It's not like they're going to go unveil a lot of their plays, the stuff we see in practice. I doubt you'll see a lot of in the games. Um, but they just want to get him out there communicating with the coordinator, calling a couple things. You know, you also have three rookies basically in, in the starting lineup between Najee Harris, Kendrick Green, and I throw Pat Fryermuth in there because of how much they're going to, one, use him, and two, use two tight ends. So, you know, they're, they're, you know, you want to get a little bit of that going. And it, but, again, the converse, there's three weeks after this game, <laughs> uh, Steve, until the start of the regular season. So it's not like you're going to get a little warm-up and say, okay, I'm ready to go, because there's three more weeks before you're going to play a game again. Uh, what have you thought? I, I, Mason Rudolph, to me, is Mason Rudolph. Uh, is he better than he was before? Yeah, he's better. So let's put him to the side for a moment. What do you thought of Dwayne Haskins? Well, I need to see more than one preseason game against the other team's second and third guys where nobody's game planning. Uh, that being said... When you see him in practice and see him throw the ball, you understand his physical skill set. And you understand, you know, based on 50 touchdowns in one season, as only season in college, why you could get enamored with the guy. Um, but his problems in Washington, uh, you know, um, uh, reading defenses, uh, you know, being unable to go through progressions, um, you know, those things don't always go away. Now in camp, when you know, you know, on seven on seven, or you know, when the scripted stuff that they run, um, you know, when you know where the defense is going to be, yeah, you you find your target and you throw it and you and you look good. Um, so it's easy to see even in training camp where you would say, "Well, this guy's pretty impressive." I will say this in the game uh, in Philadelphia the other night, and Mike Tomlin remarked uh, how he stood there and went through his progressions a couple times turned a busted play into a touchdown. You see some of the mobility that he has. Not that he's, um, you know, not that he's Lamar Jackson or even Baker Mayfield, but he has enough athleticism. He can get get out on the edge and and or at least start to sprint out and throw the football, which is what he did on the busted play that turned into the touchdown. 
So you see some of that. But until I see it uh, in a game situation and until uh, they've seen it from Mason Rudolph. And so unless Mason Rudolph gets – Ben gets hurt, Mason Rudolph comes in and struggles like he did a couple years ago when they went to Duck Hodges, I don't see Dwayne Haskins moving up to number three because I don't see Mason Rudolph – uh, again, unless Ben gets hurt, doing anything to go backward and and hurt his chances. Um, I just think right now that's the prudent way to be. I don't think they could be putting, you know, all their eggs in Dwayne Haskins' basket. Um, and they're not about to. But I think what they have seen so far, you know, to bring him in, the deal cost them nothing. Um, and, you know, it was worth a shot. But I don't think they're ready to sit there after one preseason game and say this, there's a battle for the number two position because there's not. Completely agree with that. Uh, completely. Uh, Stefan Tewitt had his contract restructured, which in turn freed up more money for the Steelers. Who might benefit from that extra money, T.J. Watt or Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, I don't know that his restructure created enough money to, to make those uh, you know ensuing deals any more palatable financially, um, at least for the Steelers, because they're going to be big money deals. Um, but, you know, they're constantly restructuring. They're the best in the league at handling uh, the cap. Um, they're up against it every year, and yet they retain 99% of their core players, all of their star players, their best players, and they're 17 straight years without a losing season. By far the best in the league. I think the next closest team is nine. Seasons in a row, and that's how they do it. That's why they're the best at it. So they know what they're doing. Um, you know, even with T.J. Watt, you know, you hear all these stories. He wants quarterback money, or he wants to be the highest-paid defensive player. I can tell you what, he's only going to be what the Steelers feel that they should pay him, and they will handsomely pay him. They already have, and so his new deal will be a monster deal. It's not going to break the bank because they know they have to sign Minka next year, which they will. Um, so um, I, I, every move they make in terms of these, um, you know, they just restructured Joe Schober's contract. He's only going to cost yeah. them $1.7 million this year. Uh, that's a little more than some of the nightmarish numbers we saw, somewhat nightmarish numbers we saw being kicked around because of the big contract he signed in Jacksonville, five years, $54 million. Uh, 21 million of it guaranteed. Um, so they they they're just very good at it, Steve. And and they'll find a way. And I think you know. So when they see players who they can restructure and and create some cap space, they do it all the time. Now you know they're kicking that that money, uh, you know that deferred money into a signing bonus, but they're still able to do it where they can create the space they need year after year after year. It's interesting because, Jerry, you brought up Schobert. I was going to bring him up as well. That deal surprised me, just the fact that they acquired him, because my evaluation of him is I feel like they acquired a pro's pro. I mean, well, I mean this, this guy I, plays. Yeah, Steve, I don't think there's any question the guy's a pro's pro, and they got him for a sixth-round draft pick. So right. then that begs the question, why did Jacksonville let him go for a sixth-round draft pick? Um, and, and so what I've been told by uh, my informants in Jacksonville is, or informant, is that Joe Schobert doesn't run as well as he used to. Now, 
he still is a big upgrade over Robert Spillane, and that's no knock against Robert Spillane. It was a great deal for the Steelers because of, one, the type of player and person Joe Schobert is. Two, it strengthens their starting 11. And three, it puts Robert Spillane back where he's intended to be, and that is as a backup. So it improves their depth um, because now that puts him as a reserve, Spillane, and it improves their starting unit. And it's a guy who is better in coverage than what they had with Vince Williams and better than what they have with uh, Robert Spillane. So, you know, it was almost a a no-brainer from this standpoint, Steve. His contract goes big time balloon next year. Eight and a half, eight point nine mm-hmm. million salary, you know, big cap hit, nine plus million salary. So the Steelers can walk away from him after a year, or after this year, after already negotiating his, uh, you know, restructuring his contract, only nine hundred ninety nine uh, uh, salary, two and a half million, two point three some million signing bonus. Um, you know, next year they can say okay and they added avoidable year in 25 so they tacked an extra year on to defer the uh, the signing bonus hit and so after this year they can say okay joe if you want to stay this is what we're going to do otherwise we're going to cut you and you know and then you know they can renegotiate his deal to a lesser number after that but i'm with you in terms of the quality of the uh, the acquisition there's no doubt about it it, it gives them another really solid player, a one-time pro bowler, to pair alongside Devin Bush. The Steelers will be playing the third preseason game coming up because they had the Hall of Fame game. And, of course, you and I both will sit back and we'll have a couple laughs here and there at the overreactions of any preseason game. Right. At this at this stage, is there anything that you're looking for? Is there a player in the 35 to 53 range that you're looking at to see whether the, you know whether they're on track to make the team? What are you looking for? You know, it's funny, Steve. I don't think there's many guys uh, in a battle to make the team, especially when you consider the rookies aren't in a battle to make the team. Excuse me, the draft choices aren't in a battle to make the team. True. Um, they just don't cut them, especially anybody above the fifth round. So that includes Buddy Johnson, uh, Dan Moore, the tackle who, you know, from Texas A&M, both those guys are from Texas A&M. They really like Dan Moore, and they've played him on both sides. And that's a guy to look to uh, in the future. And that's a good young guy if Max Starks, you know, who's, who has three quarters of an NFL experience, of NFL experience as a starter. And if for some reason that they think, okay, Max, you know, excuse me, I say Max because – um, they brought that back. Max starts right. to be their sideline reporter. Zach Banner right. is, um, you know, he, you have to see what you have in him. But he's also a nice quality backup, a nice swing tackle. So they really like Dan Moore. So, you know, then you start looking at, at the other rookies. It, you know, it sounds silly. Maybe the biggest battle is at punter. Who's going to be the punter? Presley Harvin, right. the 260-pounder with the big leg? Or are they going to – or Jordan Berry, who really – They've tried to cut the last couple of years by bringing in other kickers, and they end up bringing them back. Um, but, but to your question, Steve, I think um, um, I think offensively the guy I want to see a little bit more of because when I saw him in OTAs and I saw him in camp, um, his feet make your eyes light up. Very quick feet, very fast, very fa- uh, very quick uh, uh, cutting ability, and that's Kalen Balaj, who they signed uh, as a as a, a free agent. Uh, during the off season, when you watch, when you see his skill set, and you watch some of his tape, his highlights, um, he looks very impressive. He ran well last week, and I think they want to take another look at him 
he would be in the battle for you know that third you know that third or fourth running back spot i think they're committed to keeping anthony mcfarland he was their mm-hmm. third round pick last year um benny snell appears to be their backup but then that would be jalen samuels or kalen balage and i will say this jalen samuels is their best receiving running back now mm-hmm. they have that role kind of slotted for Najee harris and i don't think they're going to play Najee harris every down they're going to give him a break here and there for sure but Jalen Samuels is their best receiving running back and has looked good in training camp and looked good against the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a very patient runner who, when he's had the opportunity, has put up some very good numbers. So I'll be curious to see Kalen Bellage and see if he plays well enough to uh, you know, force that hand and have them have to make a tough decision at running back, at least in terms of their depth. I will be thinking about you tomorrow. Good luck with the move. (laughs) Thanks, because I'm going to need it, Steve. I will try to exhibit great patience. And I know you will. It will be the same patience that you will show when you're you know, just behind a bunker and you know you got to kind of thread in it a little bit with a wedge. It's going to be that same kind of patience. I was just going to say it's the same kind of patience I exhibit at number two at Oakmont when I'm 50 feet above the pin, 15 feet above the pin. And I know that ball can go right off the front of that green and with no trouble whatsoever. <laughs> oh, I did that at Sunny Hannah two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> Jerry, thanks so much, my friend. Good luck with everything. Always good chat with you, Steve. Jerry Dulac from the Steelers Network, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette as well. We will come back, wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Great to have you with us on the show today. A couple quick notes the city of Glendale, Arizona, will not renew its operating agreement with the Arizona Coyotes of the NHL, effective at the end of the upcoming season. So it's going to end an 18 year run in the city and Gila River Arena. Uh, For those of you who went out to the Fiesta Bowl, the arena is across the street from um, the State Farm Stadium uh, where the Cardinals play. Uh, They say they want to focus on larger, more impactful events and uses of the city-owned arena. So they're not going to uh, renew the operating agreement with Arizona. Uh, to me, I don't know. That's, that's odd. I, f- I find this odd only because one of the keys to any or any venue is like how many uses you get out of it a year. And they just took about 50 of them off the board here. I mean, it's 50 nights they just took off the board. Surprised. Now, where the Coyotes go, I don't know. I mean, you know, whether there's they can play where the Suns play. I don't know. But not good. All right, let's get you up to date on these scores before we close out here. Uh, we will start with the Phillies and the D-backs. The last thing I thought I would be saying today was that the Phillies were trying to salvage the final game of their series. But they lost the first two, and in the bottom of the fifth, they're losing again. It's one nothing Arizona in the bottom of the fifth inning of that game. And the Phillies right now find themselves two games over 500. And they got Zach Wheeler on the mound today. The problem is the Phillies right now aren't hitting. They only have one hit in the game. Gene Segura's got that hit. That's it. They're down one nothing. bottom of the fifth. Still plenty of time. 
Uh, Tampa Bay beat the Orioles 7-2. Oakland leads the White Sox 5-3 in the bottom of the ninth on the south side. Houston, Kansas City, Kaufman 3-3, bottom of the eighth. Seattle leads at Texas and Arlington 7-2. The Tigers were winning 10-2 at the end of five. They're in the top of the ninth. The Angels are now winning 12-10. Yankees and Twins tonight. Yankees have been red hot now 17 over 500. Miami's at Cincinnati. Milwaukee is at St. Louis. And the Mets are at the Dodgers. So there you go. Here's an update on all the all the scores. And the Raiders and Rams had a joint practice. It ended in a brawl. Titans and Bucks had a joint practice. Ended in a brawl. Whoops. What was it like for you to sit back and, and hear a realistic, optimistic report about a football team? Hey, I love Jerry. But, I mean, it was... Always lots of good inte- nuggets to pick from. In, inte- intelligent, well-reasoned. Yes. Glenn by, the, Glenn, by the way, intelligent, well-reasoned, but I can tell that right now, for you, it's a false sense of security. <laughs> I'm good for right now. I mean, the last time I was around anything like that, poor Dave Ritchie was sitting there looking over. He goes, I'm the best. (laughs) (laughs) I got awards. (laughs) Yep. False bravado. If you beat the Patriots tonight, how happy will you be? I'll have a nice little pep in my uh, step, but I'm not going to be over the top. On the scale of 1 to 10. If they win tonight? Yeah, yeah. I'd say 7. But I, wa- I really wasn't that depressed last week with the loss either. Very sad. Very, very sad. 